it truly is the year or the era, frankly, of video as part of the way we do business. And I think that's the really big change that has started to happen is that it's no longer just about your top of funnel marketing campaigns, your social media, maybe your YouTube channel. It's becoming an integrated part of how we communicate our most important messages, how we explain complex ideas, and in many cases, how we connect as businesses and people with, uh, with those that we're working with. Did you hear? 2015 is the year of online video for business. Wait, no, sorry. 2016, the year of video. Hmm. 2018, 2020. 2021 is the year of online video for business. <laughs> Seriously though, the role for video in modern business today in 2021 has never been more important. It's no longer just about top of funnel video campaigns, advertising and marketing with video. Rather, video has become integrated into so much of the way that we do business today. The way we communicate with prospects, educate our industry and build relationships with our clients. Video has evolved and as leaders in business, we need to as well. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day, my friends, and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Did you miss me last week? Sorry about that. We had a little gap in the schedule, but we're back again, and we'll be back with you each and every week, particularly as we lead up to episode number 200 coming very, very soon. This is episode 192, and it's a good one. So you're going to want to stick around. To get us into the episode, let me read you a short extract from the book, The Visual Sale by Marcus Sheridan, Tyler Lassard. It's chapter 12. Once upon a time, our buyers consumed traditional advertisements, television, radio, magazines, and so on, as a way to learn about products and services. They contacted a small number of vendors with whom they were familiar early on in their discovery process to learn about capabilities and pricing. Sales reps were invited on site to meet their team and provide a live demonstration. There may have even been a golf game in the mix. This led to marketers being more focused on advertising and brand awareness, while sales reps focused on education, relationship building, qualification and closing. Today's buyers, on the other hand, have immediate access to an infinite pool of online content, connections, reviews and followers and are much less inclined to follow the buyer's journey of yore. In fact, Serious Decisions and Forrester Research, two leading research and analysis firms in marketing and sales strategy, have both reported that more than 80% of the buyer's journey now happens online in a self-service fashion, before they even think about contacting a vendor directly or speaking with someone in sales. And that was before the great virtualization we saw as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So what does this mean for today's marketer? A heck of a lot. 
My friends, on the basis of that extract alone, I know you're going to love today's interview with the author, Tyler Lassard. Tyler is the VP of Marketing at Vidyard, where he helps sales and marketing teams embrace on-demand, one-to-one, and interactive video as a new way to connect with buyers. He's the co-author of the new book, The Visual Sale, which you just heard an extract of, the host of Creating Connections show, and has been recognized by Demand Gen Report as one of the top customer-centric marketers in B2B. And he says, most importantly, he's the father of four wonderful children who inspire and teach him every day. So are you ready to explore the evolution of video in modern business today? Let's dive in. Tyler Lassard, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Ben. It is a pleasure to be here. And it's a pleasure to connect with you. I have been a user and um, been very aware of Vidyard and the tools uh, that you guys have in the video space for many years. Um, and I know many of our listeners have either experimented with some of your free tools or um, have used your product in various ways as well. So I'm excited to have this conversation, but we're not going to focus too much on Vidyard as a platform or a tool today, because I know you're a big thinker and you've got a lot to share around the idea of just how video is best used in business today. But that's enough of an introduction from me. I want you to tell our listeners who are you and uh, and what do you do? Oh, that's great. I, I, I appreciate it. You know, I've been here at Vidyard for just over seven years. I'm VP marketing and chief video strategist here at the organization. Uh, so I've immersed myself, uh, much like yourself, in this world of video and business for a number of years and I've had the great opportunity to work with lots of different businesses, big and small, B2B, B2C, on uh, how it is they're evolving their use of video, not only in their marketing strategies, but throughout their entire organizations, including their sales teams and internal communications. And it's been a a really fascinating uh, world over the last few years as video has truly come mainstream. Um, And I actually just launched my first book, The Visual Sale, late last year to pull together a lot of the things that I've learned and share them with the community. So it's been a really exciting time and I'm uh, excited to share some of the things that I'm seeing out there in the market. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll talk about the visual sale at the end as well, but I do want to just reiterate, it's a, it's a great book for any video strategist or video yep. marketer to pick up or anyone in business, actually. Let's just throw that, that out there as well. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think you've touched on there something that, you know, video has been a thing in business for, for a while now, quite a while. Sure. You know, I think yep. um, I remember um, first writing a blog article in 2015 and it was 2015 the year of video for business was some, <laughs> the title was something like that on our website. Yeah. And then I think 2016 was the year of video, 2017, you know, we're <laughs> 2021 now. And I still think it's the year of video for business. So what do you say um, when you think about the role that video plays within doing business in 2021, what's the state of play right now? Well, it's interesting because, you know, what I've seen happen, we were very much in a similar boat of every year was the year of video, um, but particularly as it pertained to marketing side of the business and external communications. But what we saw happen in 2020 and, and is now really unfolding in 2021 is it truly is the year or the era, frankly, of video as part of the way we do business. And I think that's the really big change that has started to happen is that it's no longer just about your top of funnel marketing campaigns, your social media, maybe your YouTube channel. It's becoming an integrated part of how we communicate our most important messages, 
how we explain complex ideas, and in many cases, how we connect as businesses and people with, uh, with those that we're working with. So it has really exploded in terms of use, as we all know. And um, you know, we've all seen this almost democratization of video where the playing field has somewhat been leveled. We're all able to become creators now in, in some way, shape or form. And it really is starting to change the way we think about how it is that we engage our audiences across all parts of the business. So that stuff gets me really excited. And I think it truly is starting to transform companies, not just support or augment them. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I think anyone in business would recognize that video is just a method of communication. You know, it's just a, a, a vehicle to transfer information from one person's brain to another person's brain. But previously in traditional marketing, video has been a, a, a format, you know, it's been a, a type of marketing that you would do, which was typically thought of as advertising, particularly for when you think back to broadcast days of like, let's create a TV commercial or let's create a promotional video, which is typically advertising as a method of communication. But now, thanks to democratization of the tools that we talked about, um, but also thanks to, I think, technology, I, I think you'd agree that now video is, is much more just, it's a form of interacting with people, right? And it's kind of a necessary form of interacting in business, even more so in a post-pandemic world where everyone's used to being on Zoom calls, right? So yeah. how has that changed? Or if we look at the idea of video as marketing, video as communication, where's the lines being blurred or how is that changing the way people need to think about video in business? Yeah, it's super interesting because all of that gets overlaid with this changing expectations of the audiences that we're reaching uh, and their continued preference towards uh, mediums like video and audio uh, and, and rich media. And so it is almost this perfect storm. But I think one of the big uh, ramifications of all of this is the fact that businesses and marketing teams in particular are investing in video content Again, not just as an advertising based medium or a broad awareness vehicle, but as a way to connect with and educate their prospective buyers, their customers um, and others within their audience. And if you think about this evolution of content marketing and digital marketing, so much of that really stemmed from the written word and text-based and static content that we were building out to, to put out you know, on our websites or uh, out, into the, uh, out into the ecosystem to educate people, to engage them and bring them in. And more and more now, to your point, uh, we're recognizing that, well, wait a minute, these digital channels that are out there are really ways we can deliver information and it doesn't always need to be text-based or static. Video now has this big role to play there as well. So there's been this huge rise in the use of video as an educational content medium to share ideas, to explain concepts, to show rather than just tell what it is that we do. And I think that's the biggest explosion I've seen in this use of video in recent years. And it's coming through that connection of the expectations of audiences, right? They prefer to learn visually, but at the same time, this opportunity for businesses to create that content without it always having to be a you know, a hundred thousand uh, dollar investment to create that content. This educational content can be created in different ways. And I think that's a, a really interesting paradigm shift that we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say to people that, you know, respond to this explosion of video as a, as a method of communication and doing business who 
you know, are thinking that it's, it's kind of too overwhelming. There's too much, there's too much noise. Like how, how do you even cut through, you know, do I want to do another zoom call for example, because it's, it's kind of overwhelming now that there's yeah. so much of it. How do you respond to that? Yeah, well, it, uh, it can be, it can certainly feel overwhelming and frankly be overwhelming for, for people that uh, particularly don't have a lot of experience here where each video they try to create ends up feeling like a monumental task, um, whether yeah. it be capturing the content, you know, doing the editing or working with a partner to produce it. Um, it can feel a lot more daunting than just writing an article or, or crafting an email, so to speak. Um, but I think, you know, what we've learned is that much like anything in business, those who start to do it and look at it, you know, to your point earlier, not just as a tactic or a one-off, but as a part of the way that we're going to communicate going forward. Um, and they almost lower their bar of expectations a little bit. And they say, you know what, this video doesn't need to be the most amazing thing put out there. I don't need or don't expect hundreds of thousands of people to see this. In fact, I could create a short video, put it out on social media and expect maybe 50 to 100 people to see it. And that's perfectly fine. And those can be great ways just to start to get that comfort level with creating this content in a little bit more of a consistent way um, and changing your expectations with what does a video really mean and look like. Um, a great example from our own marketing, we uh, were working on creating educational videos as I was, uh, as I was suggesting many others are as well. And uh, we, we went down this path of creating a series called Chalk Talks, which was intentionally done in a very simple format that we could do consistently and create a video you know, each week without it being a heavy lift. And as the name would imply, it was a chalkboard uh, and you know, we would draw up on the chalkboard sort of a visual representation of the, of the, the topic we were going to cover. So we have a Chalk Talk on video analytics, and where we explain, you know, what are video analytics? What do you need to know? What are the different things you should be tracking? And we drop on the chalkboard a little bit of a, you know, a visual narrative for what we wanted to explain. And we'd use different colors to emphasize different points. And then we'd hit the record button. We'd get in front of that chalkboard and we would spend eight to 10 minutes walking through it and discussing this idea. And sure, the first few times it takes, you know, five, 10 takes just to get it quite right. But you do this on a weekly basis, and then all of a sudden, it just starts to become second nature. And you can turn these out really quickly and easily. Um, and again, that's that's the idea with creating this kind of educational style content, much like writing a blog or something else, where, again, the format is something that you can start to get comfortable with and repeat. And ultimately, now it just becomes habitual and part of the way you do business. And I think that's a really important mindset to have. Yeah. And I think what you're touching on there is the importance of understanding the goals for any given piece of video content. If, if the goal is to, you know, add, add value and educate and, you know, inform people just to, you know, be out there providing value to your marketplace, then it, the, you need to keep that goal in mind. Right. And if the goal is to teach about, you know, analytics, for example, then it doesn't need to be highly produced video. It needs to be done in an effective way, which can enable you to get that content out there quickly with the right level of quality, um, you know, I think, I don't think quality is unimportant, but, um, right. the right level of quality for the method or for the message that you want to communicate. Right. So can you talk to us about then you, you mentioned before that video can be used, you know, across that whole experience from marketing through to sales, through to, you know, overcoming objections through to even that advocacy stage as well, which you didn't specifically right. mention, but that's the full funnel, which we've talked about here on this show before. 
Can you talk to us about where you see the difference in uh, quality required of video, how that changes as we move down that journey? Yeah, well, it's interesting because it's um, it's not just a, a quality discussion. Of course, there's formats and styles, and um, you know even the approaches to getting that content created. And you know there is a, I mean, a general philosophy to say that uh, you know the, the higher up in the funnel, if you think about the the visual funnel, um, you know typically you're creating content that is meant to reach a wider audience, and therefore production value and scripting and planning and conciseness of your message. Um, you know, it's opportunity to pattern disrupt and, and, you know, get attention to strike an emotional chord. All of those things become a little bit more important because it's, it's an interruptive medium, so to speak at that top of the funnel. So therefore you tend to have those quote unquote, higher production style videos, um, that are leveraging, you know, expert producers who know how to do these things. Cause that's one, that's one challenge when you talk about, you know, getting your internal teams of content marketers or others to be creating video is that, you know, if they're not expert at it, crafting that right story, doing that right editing can be difficult. So at the top of the funnel, you're generally a higher production value. And as you move through, you're now focused more on education, idea sharing, um, and ultimately almost more one-to-one -one communication. And that becomes where the production quality doesn't need to be as high. And you can start to do things that are a little bit more focused on genuine, authentic education, having real people on camera, in some cases, even almost user-generated videos coming from people in your business who are experts on different topics. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's that idea of really understanding as, as you move down the marketing funnel that you're building, you're getting closer to that relationship uh, or you're building that relationship. And as you get into a deeper relationship with a prospect, you don't need to impress them with the, you know, flashy cars and the, and the pinstripe suits, right? And, and that's, you know, human, but, and, human nature as well, know, right? It's, it's really interesting because in, um, in many cases now, I'm actually seeing and hearing um, professional producers who are intentionally recording content or filming content um, with a smartphone. They're, you know, they're doing almost, you know, things that might be walk and talk a little bit jittery to add that level and feeling of authenticity. They, again, are capturing people, you know, a little bit more spontaneously. They're not editing out the ums and ahs. They're doing a little bit more storytelling based. And so it's really interesting to see there is almost this gravitational pull towards content that, you know, feels more genuine, more authentic, less scripted, and is really connecting with people at that level, as opposed to the content that feels like it's meant to be a marketing or a sales message. Um, again, there is a time and a place for those campaign style videos and advertisements that have that hook to it, but more and more, there is this explosion of, of, yeah, that sort of authentic content that's clearly explaining ideas and sharing information and doesn't need to be overly produced. So it is a really interesting time for this. Yeah. It's interesting. As you mentioned that, um, I'm reminded of a recent project we did for a client in the medical industry. Um, and basically we were, we were filming with them for half a day to do some, customer story type videos with our, you know, 4K video cameras, lights and boom microphones and all the, all the kind of gear, right? Because we were producing this produced, um, you yep. know, patient story video. However, part of our strategy for the client as well was also to, at the same time, while we had that patient there to capture some, uh, I guess, what looked like user-generated content, which they basically filmed themselves selfie mode, the patient right. did, using my iPhone, and... Um, and the front facing 
iPhone camera and I just directed them through, you know, let's, and it, it's not inauthentic because it was a real patient. This is her real um, story, but it wasn't actually content that she just off her own back decided to produce. Um, but it had that authentic feel, which has been working really well for them as a, and they've been running those as, um, you know, paid Instagram story ads and things like that. So, you know, yep. I think as a professional video producer to be able to think, you know, not just about always producing high quality content, but producing the right content for our clients for the purpose and that it's intended to be used is a really important point that you're making there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much of this is about what is going to just what, what's going to connect with the audience, you know, on that channel in that moment, based on the, the goals of it and having that sort of, you know, flexible mindset of there are different ways that we can tell the story that we can create it. Um, and, and again, in today's world, there are lots of different ways that people will get gravitated towards this kind of content. Uh, so, so yeah, I think you do need to have that open mindset and, and almost take cues from our personal and consumer lives and thinking about what kinds of things are we interacting with on, on, on a daily basis? How can we lower that guard and then, you know, make people feel like, Hey, we get you, you know, we're connecting with you. Um, because I think it, especially now that that matters more than ever, where people are, are really craving that sort of feeling. Yeah, absolutely. So Tyler, where do you feel that video is most underutilized or maybe least understood as a tool in business today? I think the the one area where we've started to see it, um, it it really come to life recently, but it's still very much in its infancy, is uh, is the use of video in the actual sales process. So particularly for organizations in in B two B markets or anybody who has a direct sales team that is is working with external clients, um, it's something that up until I think recently was was barely used, frankly, but over the course of 2020, we've, we have seen this surge in, in sales reps starting to think about how they can use video, both content they're creating um, and, and sharing themselves and, you know, almost user generated videos where, Hey, I want to answer a question that they've asked. I want to, you know, do a quick walkthrough of something. So there is that style of content that they're starting to, to figure out, but it's still very early days, but also, um, it's not just about them recording and sharing their own. It's about, you know, us as marketers, I pointed myself here as a marketing leader is, you know, arming our sales team with the right video content to help them in their sales process. And I think it has been an under um, represented category for, for us video creators for so long. And it's partly back to that point earlier of we've always thought about video traditionally as a top of funnel advertising and communication medium. But in today's world where we're not meeting customers in person, a great, you know, short demo video can be the salesperson's best friend. These micro customer stories that have, you know, again, folks that people can relate to, these sorts of things can be super impactful in the sales process, especially when you stop and think, if I could only make, you know, if I could make five videos for our sales team, what would those videos be? And it's actually interesting to sometimes have those conversations and find out they're often what the sales rep wants isn't what you're creating today. And it actually opens up this whole new opportunity to say, oh, you know, here's a whole area where we could create new content that has very, very direct impact to revenue. I think so many people in traditional sales uh, approaches, you know, they very much come from a, a space of low low tech, but high touch, you know, they, they want to go out there yeah. and shake hands with people and, and press the flesh and, you know, have 
you know, lunch meetings to try and convert the clients, you know, particularly in the B2B space. And that's how sales has been taught and that's how sales has been done. But video, particularly using video assets and tools and personalized video, um, you know, using tools like Vidyard's free screen recorder and so on, just to get that high touch back into what is effectively a high tech way of doing business today. I think that's, that's the shift that needs to happen. And it is yeah. happening. You know, I, I yeah. agree with you, but I think it is still underutilized. Um, since we yeah. added, um, just as a, another little story there, since we added the process of basically recording a, a walkthrough, personalized walkthrough video when we send video production proposals to our clients rather than just sending a PDF, yeah. we're recording a video, walking it through, using Vidyard's tool to do that. Very quick and easy, but the feedback that we get from clients um, well, they become clients, which is the first thing. Yeah. Um, the feedback we get is that, you know, that was a really nice touch and really helped us kind of better understand the value you're going to provide. Um, yeah. And it, it also well, helps as a tool to sell it up the chain, right? So rather yeah. than just a PDF with a price on it. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's super interesting because like all of us, you know, in the world of video, we we know and appreciate the power of video as as both a visual medium to show and explain ideas, but also the opportunity for us to communicate, um, use intonation, use body language, all of those things that come through. And again, we it's largely been reserved for these produced videos uh, traditionally, but you think about those simple ideas of, if I want to explain this pricing proposal, if I want to walk through a story of a customer, in the traditional sales world, you would either wait until you can get on a live video call or you could meet in person um, to walk through that because just sending an email and trying to explain it in an email doesn't do it justice. Um, but again, if you have the right tools in place, you can start to, it's actually very liberating. Whereas a salesperson, you can go, no, you know what? Or a business leader, you say, I'm not going to wait for that call. That might never happen because they might reschedule for the third time. I'm going to hit record and I'm going to deliver my information. I'm going to explain this. I'm going to use my body language, my passion. I'm going to highlight things on the screen and I'm going to basically present it to them and share that over. And you, you, you made the, um, you know, the great point that it also becomes something that becomes shareable to other people within the business. And uh, when you, when you put that effort in and it does get shared, the great thing is now all of a sudden, those other people at the company who have never met you, they suddenly get to meet you. They see yeah. your video, they watch you, they hear you. And now you're a real person to them, which in today's business world, even that in and of itself goes a long way that they can connect with you as a, as a real individual. So there's all these hidden benefits to embracing that mindset of saying, you know, as much FaceTime, and I'm doing air quotes here for those of you listening, as much FaceTime as I can get with customers um, is, is, is beneficial. And if that means recording and sharing short videos every few days to update them on something, that can actually be a really impactful way to do it. Yeah, yeah, so good. I think um, another underutilized and, and often not even thought about a stage of, I guess, that customer journey to use video is that advocacy stage or that loyalty stage. So after a client's become a client or a customer has become a customer we, the, and the sale has been made, we often think, well, that's the end of marketing, right? So now it's just about <laughs> delivery, right? But I know that yeah. you you also, yeah, and you write about this as well in the visual sale, your, your book, um, around mm. the use of video in that advocacy and, and uh, loyalty phase. Can you talk to us briefly about the role the video can play there? Yeah, I love that. I think you're you're absolutely right. It is 
an area that often marketers and generally in business we we underserve is the is the post sale existing customers. Um, there's you know I think all sorts of interesting ways in which we can think about keeping our brand top of mind, keeping our people memorable and you know represented as high value to them throughout that post sale cycle. That makes the either the ask for advocacy um, or their propensity to go out and do it on their own so much higher. Um, again, a lot of us, when we do have a new customer, we'll onboard them or do the service, whatever it is that we do. And it will often, you know, for many of us go weeks or months without them ever really seeing our faces, hearing our voices, or having some kind of, you know, brand affinity moment with us. And I think those are missed opportunities because when it does come time where, you know, you're, you're hoping that they're going to, uh, you know, do some word of mouth for you, or again, just represent you, it's just not happening. And so there are these little things that we can be doing. It's everything from the account managers or folks working with those clients of using videos to stay top of mind, to make sure that they are, um, again, putting their face out there and staying in touch to stay memorable. But as marketers, we can also be creating content that, is intentionally meant to be relationship building for those clients post sale to be brand building with them. Um, you know, for example, we we have we do a lot of fun stuff. Uh, you know, fun tends to be a bit of a part of our brand, and so we we always do holiday videos to our base. We do Halloween video. We do you know an end of year holiday video. Sometimes we'll do an April Fools' video, and these are things that we create and share with our customers as some of that relationship building, it puts a smile on their face, right? They get to see real people from our company, you know, again, sort of meet them a little bit as, uh, as individuals. And I think those are all really important moments. And there are things that you can do that, that almost bring a face and a personality to your brand. And often those are the ones that make people remember you and think, geez, you know, this, this company, I love working with this company, right? They, they get me, they make me smile. They make me feel like they're a part of the family. And those are the kinds of businesses people are more likely to advocate for. Yeah. And a lot of what you might do in this stage is, uh, is sometimes harder to directly measure the return on investment, right? But it's about providing a, an experience that is memorable, that is, you know, providing those moments of delight for your clients so that they, they, have a, lo- a higher lifetime value, right? At the end of the day, if you can, you know, build a client base of people that love you, then it, that can't be under underrepresented. You know, like I um yeah. I, I love that idea of just using moments of video, um, and or using video as a tool to create moments for your customers that makes them stop and just think, you know, no other business is doing that for me, or no other business is showing up for me like that, and that can be. Yeah game changer. There are like, and there are even like really simple things that you can do. Um, you know, for example, when, you know, one of your customers, if they hit some kind of a milestone, right, it could be something in the news. It could be that they, as a business, you know, achieved a certain milestone, something great happened. Um, or maybe it's a milestone with your service or your product. Um, you know, get, get, you know, a bunch of people from your company onto a, a zoom call, hit the record button and get everybody to say, you know, one, two, three, congratulations, or, you know, something like that, send it over and say, Hey, we all just wanted to, you know, say a big, huge congrats, right. They hit play, they watch that. And these are these like micro moments of delight that I think, uh, you know, to your point, they can, they can have a really big impact and they don't always have to be complicated. Um, but there's all these, yeah, all these fun, interesting moments that, uh, that do create that more human connection between our businesses that absolutely make you more memorable. Yeah, I love that. 
So I just want to you know wrap up very soon here, Tyler. But before we do, I want to talk about what's next for video and business. Do you think like the future of video? And I, I think you know just on this point that it, 2020 kind of I think fast tracked a lot of adoption of video tools and video communication methods, um, just through the nature of the way that we had to continue doing business. But yeah. I'm interested to hear from you. What's next in the next five years? Yeah, it's uh, it'll be very interesting to see for sure. Uh, I I, th- I think a couple trends that that I'm excited about. One is there is you know I think across all industries there is going to be this continued rise and I'd say almost a revolution in in storytelling. I, I think it is just it is um, you know the 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 old sort of brand storytelling moments of the past. I think are, are seeing a real resurgence, but in new ways within companies. And I think that storytelling is becoming the new messaging in business. And a lot of that is and will continue to come to life through video, um, both in ways that, that we tell stories of our customers, in which we share you know, stories that help it become relatable to people and, and really showcase the problems and the possible solutions. Um, you know, and there's lots of different ways it can manifest. So I think this we're in for this real resurgence and rise of storytelling in business. And I think video is going to be the medium to really bring that to life. Um, so I think it's great for the creatives, the writers, the producers that, that really understand that. I think it's gonna be a huge um, boon in the market. Um, so I think that's one big area. And then I think on the flip side of that is this, um, you know, this, this democratization of video is going to continue to happen. And more and more people across the business are going to be participating in creating and publishing and sharing video content. And in some cases, they'll be doing it themselves. In some cases, they will be working with partners or internal um, experts and and, uh, uh, sort of centers of excellence to get that content created. But more and more, I think people, you know, it's it's no longer going to be, oh, the video person thinks about video, right? It's across business that people will be thinking about, oh, you know, should I use video for this? How could video tell this story? How could video relay this message? And again, in many cases, they'll be using tools themselves to record it, share it, edit it, um, and or they'll be bringing in experts to help them do that quickly, turn it around and get stuff published. So I think that's really exciting in this pace of video creation, much like my 13-year-old daughter who makes five TikTok videos a day. I think that sort of mentality is going to really penetrate the business world. Yeah, I love that. Oh yeah, I agree with everything you said. And I love that you talked about storytelling there and the resurgence of storytelling. I mean, I think storytelling is as a effective form of communication has never gone anywhere. Um, and in, in fact, it's probably the oldest form of communication, but I think as, as business starts to mature in the way that they're interacting online and through digital tools and through social media and digital marketing and communication, I think storytelling is one thing that will, will always cut through you know, well, good storytelling will always cut through. And at the end of the day, that's what we need our marketing to do or any communication, right? We just need to actually someone to care enough to pay attention to what it is that we want to say to them. Yep. Marketing, sales, your executives for your own internal communications, right? These are all cases where, you know, storytelling is is as important, if not more important than ever. Um, so I, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think it has a place everywhere in in business these days to to help cut through the noise and get our messages understood awesome hey tyler your book is the visual sale um, which you co-wrote with marcus sheridan Uh, people might have heard of marcus before Um, i'd love for you to just let us know where where can we pick up that book and where can we connect further with you if anyone wants to reach out and, and chat with you further 
yeah, the visual sale is just chock full of uh, ideas, strategies, and best practices for video across sales and marketing and how to build a culture of video. Um, you can find uh, more information at thevisualsale.com. And of course, it is available on Amazon. Um, so check there as well. And uh, for myself personally, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Tyler Lassard uh, from Vidyard. And uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help. Uh, I love talking about video all day. So, uh, so yeah, happy to continue the conversation there. Yeah, you and me both. We both love talking about this stuff. So <laughs> thanks for joining me. This has been an awesome episode. Lots of value here for the listeners of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Go and pick up a copy of the book, guys. And um, Tyler, thanks for being awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. How awesome was that? Is your brain firing as much as mine after that interview? Tyler is a super smart guy and I'm so glad he was able to join us here on the show for you guys to help us think differently about the way that we're using video across that full funnel and across all types of business that we're doing today. If you're interested in trying out the Vidyard Chrome extension, which is the free screen recording tool, which you can use to send personalized videos or to create video recordings on the fly to use in all sorts of areas of your business and particularly powerful at that personalization end that we talked about in today's episode or in the sales process as well. I'm a big fan of the Vidyard Chrome extension and it's absolutely free to try out. If you go to engagevideomarketing.com slash Vidyard, you can download it and install and start using the extension right now. It's free forever for as many videos as you want. So go to engagevideomarketing.com slash Vidyard. And that's my partner link as well. So if you do decide to use the extension, then it's absolutely free. And as a thank you, there's a little something that comes back to me. So I thank you for using that link. All right, guys, as always, if you've enjoyed today's show, I would absolutely love a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. In fact, on Apple Podcast is one of the best ways that you can do that. So if you go to engagevideomarketing.com slash iTunes and follow the links there, every rating and a review helps this show be shown to more people so that it spreads the word and helps me out as well. So that's it from me until next week, where I'm back with another interview episode where we're diving deeper into analytics next week with the legend of the analytics world, Mercer. So Chris Mercer is his name. He is a absolute gun when it comes to video metrics and analytics, and I cannot wait to share next week's episode with you as well. So join me again next week on episode 193 of the podcast. And until then, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective video marketing strategy. See you next week.